Hi, everybody. We're letting everybody in. I see Donna and Annette and Buddy and Adeline and Fran and Joanne and Gabby and Robin and Liza. Wonderful. Petra, I see you as well. Koi. What a pretty name, Koi. Um, Roshana. Roshana. Beautiful name. All right. We are very excited to have you guys here. I've got these wonderful ladies with me today. So I've got Gail Bannister-Mont, I've got Doris Thews, I've got Kelly Roberts, and we've got wonderful Carter Anderson. He is our registration manager and new to SCW, and he's helping us run the webinar this evening. I'm really excited about this webinar. You guys, it's kind of crazy. We've got like 200 people registered. We will have about 50, 60 people show up by the time the five minutes rolls around and everybody gets on. Um, I do want you, oh, also, I always forget to introduce myself. I'm Sarah Cooperman, who cares? Okay, I'm the CEO of SCW. If you could, you all know what I'm gonna say, move your mouse, go to the bottom of your, of your screen. You're gonna see the green share screen button, go to the left or maybe the left is this way, whatever, go to the chat box, click on the chat box, type in um, where you are from, which would be just great. Tell us where you are from. Um, hello from Wilmette, Illinois. That's where I'm from. Type your name in and just say, oh, I've got someone from California, Rocky, Rocky's always here, love it, Rocky, Orlando, Pennsylvania, Highland Park, Illinois, Menlo Park, California, that's a beautiful place, Maryland, North Carolina, more Florida, more Texas, Traverse City, Michigan, um, Allentown, Pennsylvania, I love you too, I love you too, Rocky, all right, we got a lot of Arizona, love this, Virginia, Got a lot of people from all over. I really like this topic. I love this topic about flexibility, stretching for strength. I think you guys all know I'm a yoga instructor. I teach a yoga class Monday and Friday on Zoom with The Talent Hack. I do it for free. So if anybody wants to go to a 45 minute active aging yoga class, also works for deconditioned, very smooth. It's free, 9.45 in the morning, central time. And donations, I give all the money to a, um, uh, a YMCA-based um, supported housing organization for 160 men that have housing. So I'm very happy about that. It's my local YMCA in Evanston, Illinois. So I love it. Nobody cares. Again, so we're going to talk about stretching. I love stretching because I love yoga. I know what it's done to my body. I think stretching is an integral part of any exercise regime, yet there's immense inconsistency and uncertainty surrounding the practice. You guys, these lovely ladies are gonna clarify some of the art and the science of flexibility training because we want to safely and quickly develop maximal strength gains. And we didn't even put this in the description, but we were chatting about this, preventing injury. And also, I'm going to start with you, Doris, right away, because before we turn the camera on, um, Doris was chatting about the psychological benefits of stretching. And I think we don't, we don't, we're going to have to explore it because as we open up 
And as Kelly knows, we open up and then we also shut down. We, suddenly you're, you have to wear your mask again. It's very stressful going in and out of these different um, regulations and recommendations. So Doris, what is your advice or recommendation regarding stretching and the psychological benefits? Oh, you're muted. Like your directions. Hey, uh, one of the main things we're seeing in uptake is stretching and yoga classes. With the pandemic, you have a lot of people who are not used to sitting in their ergonomically designed offices. Now they're sitting at kitchen tables. They have kids. They have cats. They're stressed out. And then all of a sudden, uh, yoga through the roof, stretching through the roof. And I don't know anyone who ever leaves a uh, stretching or a yoga class and goes, mm, that was a waste of time. Most people always leave, and, I, and Sarah said I could say this, but you know, I just did a stretch class with my husband the other day, and I'm like, God, this is so good. It's like having sex. We need to do it more often. Like Nobody ever leaves a stretch or a, a yoga class thinking, man, I should have done something else. Everyone always feels really good. But what I, what I want to point on, and this was another webinar that I did with Sarah, and we had um, another uh, Kimberly Spleen, and we talked about deregulation. And right now, there's so many changes. The world is moving so fast, but it's so freaking slow, and it's driving us crazy. And we need to have to be able to deregulate our stress. We know that stretching calms us down. And we need to teach people through stretching and through yoga, which I am I'm, I'm at RYT 200. I've been teaching over 200, 200 hours for over 20 years. I have hipster yoga. And what I've learned from pandemic, it's more mental now than it is people going for the physical um, benefits. And so what we need to teach people is to, to breathe and to, to relax and to deregulate. Sleep is a problem nowadays. People have anxiety. Um, you know, there's so many hit classes. Uh, there's so many hit, 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 hit. We beat the crap out of people and we send them home and we can't, we can't understand why they can't sleep. Uh, so it's really important that we teach people how to deregulate. So when they get that call from the principal that their kid's in the office or poor Kelly, you have to wear a mask again because LA has high COVID rates. We need to teach people how to breathe and to stress and deregulate. So um, I really believe, you know, stretching and yoga has always been important, but COVID has brought the mental aspects to the forefront. And I personally am meditating every day on my mat like I never did before. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm very impressed. Um, because Doris, I always think of you as this really high energy, really high energy fit. You know, <laughs> she's going to dive in and chew it up no matter what she does. And I think a lot of us as fitness professionals have that same type of personality. And it is important, more important now than ever for us to gain this focus. Um, Gail, what do you think the benefits of stretching are? I'm coming from a different background. I'm coming from the athletic background of NFL and NBA. So when I got into it in 2006, it was just a yoga class like we normally did for the players before or an after a game, and then it got into, we need to go further into this because we're seeing the benefit of the athleticism of them being recovering quicker, less injuries on the courts, less injury in the field. Um, surgeries were quicker recovery, less injuries on, on the fields as well. So we got more in into fascia. We got more into the stretching and the abilities of that. Um, so when we 
get the NFL players coming in as rookies, the first thing we do is an assessment of their flexibility to see. So I'm going to just, it's the National Football League. Yes. I mean, Dale works with these professional <laughs> athletes. I'm assuming I'm everybody that. knew that. <laughs> so I worked for the NFL, the National Football League, and the NBA, the National Basketball League. And um, the Olympics um, in 2016, my nephew ran in the Olympics. So I also volunteered my time to be in Oregon and the track event. So we're seeing all the benefits from there. But um, many, many years ago, um, NFL and NBA never believed in flexibility because they were old school coaches. They were like, oh, just go out there and you see two fingers, you get back on the court. Now it's more of a mental thing in the sense of um, I'm stretching them before games, after games, halftime, whenever we can possibly get our hands on them. And especially preventing surgeries. Like if we have a hamstring strain, we're already working on it before it actually gets worse than it normally is. High ankle sprains are a big one too. So we're actually seeing them. So the assessment for an athlete coming into the NFL or the NBA, we get the borderline there. And then from there, we move on. So any other injuries we get, Doris, Doris loves this. We have a baseline of where they started, where we have to get them back from. So the benefits are tremendous. I don't think any NFL team now does not have a flexibility person on staff anymore. They are, are there- highly trained. Yeah, they, they, I, I totally hear you. This is my son plays um, collegiate hockey, ice hockey. Yeah. And he is an avid stretcher, foam roller. I mean, he, he's really working it. Are there any statistics? And I, I don't know this. Are there any statistics documenting that there's fewer injuries, the more people stretch? Yes. I just can't get my hands on it. So if you look at teams, like, which team has less injuries during the whole season mm-hmm. guarantee you that's the team that has the more hands-on flexibility people, more yoga people on staff. If you look at the jets, I can speak about the jets cause that's where I'm sent um, out of. We have less injuries than any NFL team. Really? We have the less injuries and it's documented. You just got to f- get somebody to show you the stats on that. We have, um, two physical therapists on staff. We have two chiropractors on staff. There's me on staff. We have four massage therapists on staff. We have strength and conditioning people. It's constant. They have one day of full recovery. If they're caught working out, they get fined. That's how strong and stringent it is. It's yeah. actually cool. If they're out there even running on the turf, they're like $4,000 fine. They find them because they want them to recover. That's fascinating. And that's it's really fascinating. That's it. And it's also wonderful because I don't know if well, how you guys feel. If I miss one day from teaching, if I don't quote unquote push through, I have this horrible guilt. I thought it was just because I was Jewish. I think it's because I'm <laughs> kind of triple A battery. <laughs> I'm like, five, you know, barreling through stuff. Um, but it's, um, it's very encouraging. So so Kelly, before we turned the camera on, we were chatting about when do we stretch? Well, I think people get this wrong a lot, especially consumers, not so much trainers, because it's common knowledge that you don't want to do passive static stretching before you start to, as a warm-up. It's a very ineffective and inefficient warm-up. But you do see that a lot, you know, out on the in the parks, people standing. Before they go for a run, they're doing a quad stretch or they're, they're doing some kind of static stretch. And that's that's not a good strategy. You want to employ some dynamic movement strategies that move you through 
uh, and improve your mobility and heat the body up through dynamic movement, through full ranges of motion. And, and then keep the static stretching for the end. And so that's what I do with my clients. You know, I have a, a, a warm-up routine that I do with them. If, if they're elderly, I often have them walk on the treadmill for dynamic balance, but then I do dynamic stretching before we start our strength training. And I finish with static stretching and PNF and foam rolling and all the rest of the techniques. Yeah. I'm going to ask you, do a little de defining. Static stretching is? So static stretching is where you hold a stretch for, say, 15 to 30 seconds. It's usually passive in that the, the opposing muscle group is not a causing the stretch. So this is an active stretch for my chest, but it's also it's, I'm doing it statically. But it's active in that I'm using my rhomboids, my back muscles, my red deltoids, back my shoulders to create that stretch. A dynamic stretch would be doing something like this or isolated stretch would be doing something like this where I'm moving through a range of motion, but I'm using an agonist to shut down a tight antagonist. The antagonist would be my pectoralis major, agonist being my back muscles. And so that would be an active dynamic stretch or active isolated stretch. But then I, I found the PNF stretching to be incredibly valuable, especially mm -hmm. when I'm rehabbing my knee or it, typically it's my knees, it's my lower back. And the, the PNF stretching, Kelly? Well, proprioceptive neuromuscular facilitation or PNF is a highly effective stretch. You've got two strategies with it. You've got, um, you say this is my hamstring and I'm, I, I'm, I'm lying down, this is my torso, this is my hamstring. I come into a stretch that's passive and then I contract my hamstring and against pressure isometrically for about five to 10 seconds, about 70% of my total contraction. I relax and what happens is you get a little bit deeper into the stretch. You contract again, hold the contraction five to 10 seconds, not a, it's not a full maximal contraction. It's about 70%, 50 to 70%. And then you relax again. And then there's that, there's that technique. And then there's another technique where you do an agonist contract. So you contract the quad, you come in, hold, you contract the hamstring, push against the resistance, and then you relax. And then you contract the, the quad again and deep in the stretch so this yeah so it's like you're pushing 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 out and then when you release it you can really stretch it yeah yeah and you guys need a demonstration of that since i'm would in the you studio. Gail, please please show me show us you can use all right hang on <laughs> and this my friends hopefully she's got pants on we're not all right sure. so <laughs> what kevin said is exactly amazing and i was laughing now you can see me better in the light um, you have a yoga strap. Most of you have that. Towel also works. Spree bands work, but you have to be careful on them. So what Kelly is saying as is, so I usually start with a bent leg, right leg up, straight leg. So you find the end point of, for me, this is my end point, but let's pretend that the end point is here. So that Kelly said, you engage, pull, relax, hold. 
I usually add on, extend the left foot down to the floor to help stretch the glute and the hamstring. Hang on, push, point, push. Bring the leg back in and then the leg moves. Right. Kelly, am I good? Yeah, you're good. It's perfect. Okay. So this is now my new end point. So again, I can engage, point, flex, engage, draw my hamstring down to the floor, keeping the back of my leg again. I can leave my left knee bent, the leg would automatically move again. Or I can add on my left foot straight to the floor, which also ends lengthening the back of the hamstring again on my right leg, bring the leg back in, and it will also extend further. And that's a really nice stretch to do also, Gail. What I love is that when the knee is bent, your back tends to kind of, your pelvis tends to almost curl Correct. in. Correct. So that you get a little bit more range of motion. You feel like, oh, I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> but then when you straighten that other leg on the ground, yes. it's straightening out the Correct. pelvis. And that hamstring's a biarticulate muscle, right. which means it crosses over the hip, it crosses over the knee. And if you're straightening the knee and then you push that hip down, yes. you're getting like, Hello, mama. You're getting like three, four, four for the price of one. <laughs> I, yeah. use it a lot. I use it a lot with my clients right. who are super, super tight. It works great for hamstrings. I've done it on quads. I've done it with the calf, pec, adductors. It's a very isolated stretch. You, you know, it's not, a, it's not a, a full body stretch, but great for really shutting down those very tight muscles. And I love so that. I love, to do that. I love to do that at the end of my yoga class. You grab it, grab a yoga strap. And as you're doing it, you're explaining the science behind it. So you can stretch outside of this, this room. You can work with a trainer, right. with a, a physiotherapist. So I, I look at it as an opportunity to close down my yoga. I teach a class called hipster yoga. It's all about the hips and releasing the hips. And it's just a really great way of um, giving people some knowledge and some delicious tips as they walk out the door. Oh, I love that cute name too. I just wrote that down, hipster yoga. And you know, everybody needs to remember that stretching is also part of a workout. People think that stretching is so easy to do, not realizing you are going to have some issues of uncomfortableness a little bit to get to that point of opening up. People are like, oh, it hurts and they pull out, but it's okay to feel uncomfortable, but not pain. So people need to understand the border between uncomfortable and pain. Pain is different from uncomfortable, you know? So if you're not used to stretching and they feel this uncomfortableness, they always go, oh my God, oh my God. And they pull out of it, not realizing that we need to lengthen those muscles to get the blood flow in that area. So you need to, to tell your client, is it pain or is it uncomfortable? Okay, breathe. Back to Doris's point, breathe. Inhale, exhale, and the muscle will open up and lengthen. You know, so. That's, that's fantastic. And what is, Gail, I'm going to ask you, what is the effect of different types of stretching? Um, like, when do you recommend using the dynamic, the static, and the PNF? Oh, that's a complicated question for it me. Is, um, because I work with, I do Thai massage. <laughs> Kelly's going, oh, yeah. Thai massage, I'm now certified in MAT. I don't know if anybody ever heard of MAT. Kelly, you've heard of MAT. Doris, you've heard of MAT, right? Um, and FST, fashion stretch therapy. So 
everybody's body is different. So I always call it like a China buffet of work. So if I'm working on Sarah and Sarah is telling me she has tight hamstrings, I would also morph it towards whatever Sarah's needs are, not trying to stay in the box. I call it the Burger King thing. Not every movement is right for everybody. You have to figure it out with your client very quickly back to assessment of what your client needs. You know, so if I'm dealing with a football player, I have to know every position on that field. When dealing with a basketball player, I have to know what they're playing. Oh, your point guard, your center, what do you do? You've got to download their positions to understand where you're going to be best suited to help them and make them better at that. You know, so if you're playing with football people, and that's one of the hardest challenges I, I think I heard learned the first years of getting into football. I used to go to my husband because he played football. Okay, what's a safety? What, what's a receiver? What's a quarterback? And he'd look at me and go, are you serious? So you have to figure what a receiver is, a safety is, a tight end and a running back, a fullback, you know, safety, D-line, O-line, a D-line. So you have to know what these guys are. So if you put them into animals, which is what I do, D-line and O-lines are my rhinoceros, my elephants. My receivers, my tight ends are my jaguars. They're fast. So you gear your flexibility towards that. Your tight ends now are your big animals, but they're also fast as well. But you have, I would say, everybody's body's different. So you have to be able to assess it and understand to move and pivot towards that client needs are. Yeah. Don't stay and in the box. Sometimes that's hard to do when we have a group class. Now, Doris, you started, that's adorable name, by the way, the hipster <laughs> yoga. How did you come up with it? And, uh, and who attends? So I've been teaching it for years, actually, and I've been presenting it for years as well. Um, it came about as I'm a marathon runner. I've ran four of the six world major marathons with my husband. And I was, I realized like I was taking a toll on my hips. I was just taking a hit. And I know, you know me, Sarah, my personality is very a type. And because 24 hour fitness was getting yoga back in the day and yoga fit came, I had to get certified and I was like, crap, I have to do this. And I learned, oh my gosh, I actually really like this. And you know what? I'm recovering faster and I feel better. And so then I started attracting my, my tribe and my tribe are triathletes, broken down, broken down athletes. You know, um, I, my yoga is very non-traditional and, and I always just focused on the hips. If you think about most asanas, it's the hips. If you think about the chakras and it's in the hips and there's emotion and mobility. And I, I like to be rebellious. So I'd play hip hop music or I'd play reggae or I'd play whatever I wanted to play. And I would do any anatomical, um, you know, descriptions along with a little bit of Sanskrit. And I was kind of rebellious. I'm like, this is like hipster, hipster, hipster yoga. So I've been teaching it for quite some time. And, and it's just, it's a, it's an audience. My goal is to open up yoga to be inclusive for everybody, for everybody. And the, it, no one wants to be in the front row. My clients want to be in the back row. These are the people who don't wake up and go, oh, they wake up and they go, oh, and they don't live the stretch. They stretch to live. They have to do this to do what they want to do. And so they're there because they're injured. They're about to get injured. They want to keep, you know, riding their bikes irresponsibly in their 60s like this. And so I just take, I take a lot of broken athletes and I get to work with them in yoga. And then I turn them into yoga and then it's like a drug. Then they go, why haven't we been doing this all along? I've never had anyone leave a class go, that was a waste of time. People go, we should do more of that. But one thing I want to point out is I love everything she's saying. But one thing with the audience that I, I teach to 
is you've got to give them like really simple stuff to do at home. You know what their body needs, but you just give them little pieces. It's almost like I'm a drug dealer. I'm a, I'm a drug dealer of yoga and I bring them in slowly and then I pass them off to this amazing talent that's on the Zoom call. Yeah, and with this, now Kelly, I know you, you, you work with a lot of active agers. Yes. So, and you work with them both in group settings and in personal and personal training. Are there, I mean, I know it sounds kind of ridiculous because we kind of know what areas we have to focus on, but what have you discovered that people are really enjoying with the flexibility? Like, are there, I mean, Doris is talking about the hips. It's, yeah. you know, people are always asking me for hip openers, but they talk about their back and they talk about their knees and we're trying to find you know, stretches for the hip, hip flexor. Um, are there certain poses and certain moves that you found to be very valuable for your older adults? I think for your older adults, the big rocks are ankles, hips, thoracic spine. Go for the ankles because it can improve their gait. If their ankles are tight, they're going to shuffle and they'll, they'll transfer, they'll shift into the frontal plane because they're not getting good mobility through the ankles. The hips will tighten up if they're shuffling because they're not taking long strides. So functionally, their gait deteriorates because they're not striding out. As balance decreases, shuffling increases, wider base of support happens, and we see this tightness developing in the ankles. It goes up the kinetic chain. Then the thoracic spine's not moving as, through gait because they're not moving through all three planes of motion because the ankles aren't moving, the hips aren't moving, the thoracic spine locks down. My physical therapist says that, and I really believe this to be true, that the people who need to stretch are the people who are moving less. Uh, you know, the people who are sitting. She says that the highest incidence of injury come from high volume, low amplitude movements. In other words, sitting still. Sitting still, a lack of movement really causes a lot of injuries. So, you know, if you think about typing, like carpal tunnel, you know, when we when I started typing, you did this. <laughs> Your fingers move. <laughs> And then you have the one finger typer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you really type your fingers. Those keys move. <laughs> and then you went like that. <laughs> because now you see carpal tunnel because, you know, typing is this. It's high volume, low amplitude. It's a, a lot of very small movements. And so we've got to get them to move with bigger movements. So for our active, our active older adults, we need them to move with bigger movements. We've got to address the ankles, the hips, and the thoracic spine in a really big way. Yeah, that's, that's wonderful advice. And now I'm going to say, okay, we're dealing with these with, with our active agers. Gail, how are you able to prolong or elongate somebody's career as a professional athlete or because I know you don't just work with athletes, is my understanding. You also Correct. work with everyday people. Correct. But how do we prolong this, their flexibility, their and their just general ability to perform? You know, I just looked at somebody's comment saying, how do you address it in group exercise class? And I do want to address that because Kelly did say that. What I do in a group exercise class, guys, if this helps you, I have a, a regular class. Like Sarah said, she has a regular class. Every week I'll say, next week we're focusing on hips. 
the next week I'm focusing on the upper body. Next week I'm focusing on lower body. So I would let them know what we're doing. And another question is how do you get them to stay for stretch? I kind of sneak it in the workout without them knowing they're doing it. So that helps you. <laughs> so they don't, oh, that felt great. Meanwhile, you just did a stretch, you know, from a warrior pose into something else. But to answer your question, Sarah, to prolong it, if I can get the kids, um, I mean, I've had a tennis player from nine years old. He's now just turned 26. He's now at Cornell University. Graduated, full scholarship, graduate program. He still comes to me even after he graduated because he, re- he needs it, even though he's not playing anymore. So it's hard for me to get them at that perfect age of prime word athletic to continue that, to keep it. But 50% I get, they're already injured and I'm trying to get them back acclimated to day-to-day activity, like what Kelly was talking about. And then some of them I get coming into um, sports and kids from, co- from high school is now, the parents are now getting it from high school to start them now before they started it after they got drafted with the NBA and the NBA and stuff like that. So they never knew about stretching, but the kids are now getting it in high school. So it's kind of really hard to answer that question. Once I get them, I just try to move forward in a better light to make them more comfortable to see if I can help make their activity in a day-to-day, you know, easier for them and then get them better and stronger as they go down the road with that. And what I enjoy what you're talking about is you almost, and, and I haven't done this, I'm going to try this this week, <laughs> is, that, is that you prep them yep. for what you're going to do in the next class or what right. you're going to do the next week. Right. So that it's like, well, I want to, I want to find out about hips or I want to figure out what she's doing, what she's going to do with right. my lower back or how is she going right. to, you know, do my upper body. And, and I think that's important. And I love what you also said about sneaking it in. I'm going to pull that back with what Doris said. Right. She plays this hip hop music, Correct. She plays whatever music to make it enjoyable, like sneak it in, you know, right. make it fun, make them enjoy and want to come back. Now, Gail, how is this going to increase our strength if we are flexible? I think strength and flexibility go together. I mean, Doris and, and Kelly, you would agree with me on that, right? It goes together. I mean, I can do a whole flexibility class with strength and they don't even realize they're doing planks and core moves and lat move. A downward dog is a lat. People don't realize that downward dog is a lat torsimus dorsi move into a plank. That's why it's, it's downward dog and plank. It's, you know, opposing muscles and people don't realize they do that. I can do a whole workout without dumbbells. So it is there. It's just you have to turn on your visuals and your knowledge to say, wait, that's a plank. That's a lat move. This is a bicep. This is a tricep. Oh, we're lunging into warrior. That's hamstrings. Or we're doing a side lunge. You just have to. It's there. It's just to, to bring it in in one unit as a workout. I do a, a strength yoga class and people think, oh, you're using dumbbells. I'm like, no, I'm using your body weight. So mm-hmm. it works. It's just how to deliver it and get them through it and not make, again, back to sneaking it in (laughs) and getting them to do it, you know? Um, But they do strength. I mean, um, Doris said she does a hip hop. I mean, working with the NBA, it's hip hop all day in the, in the building all day, all day. So don't even try the guys who are listening to try and go in with your yoga music to try because they're going to look at you like you're out of your mind, especially when you're dealing with young kids. But maybe the last 10 minutes, put on 
something lower, I don't know, a John Mayer song, um, a John Legend song that they know, you know, a Bob Marley song that, that will still keep them connected to you, John but not Mendes. something too yoga-ish that they go, what's the hell with the bells? <laughs> you know, <laughs> but you want to keep them connected. So <laughs> you're laughing. It's like, okay, we got to change this up a little bit. So just yeah. be aware of your music to sell. And I always say this, I'm a salesperson. To get them to buy in, you've got to sell them the product, especially the junk. So you've got to figure out how to get them to buy in. So music is a big buy-in. So pick your players. Very good advice. Kelly, we have a great question here. Um, Brenda asked, um, I love what you said, Kelly. I also teach seniors. I, you know, this exact same thing. Any tips on working their ankle for mobility or any tricks that you use to mobilize these important areas. Now, I know you're not going to stand up. We may, we may have Gail be our model here. <laughs> there we go. Kelly, do I need to get a chair for you? Describe. I'm, I'm wearing a skirt, but I can show okay, you. Okay, there you go. Get up against the wall, and you get the foot completely parallel with all 10 toes facing forward. So you get... I love how Kelly is the only one actually wearing a skirt. Doris and I are wearing shorts. I'm not even sure that Doris. I'm wearing shorts. <laughs> I didn't even know if she was wearing underwear. So thank yeah. you, Kelly. For okay, at least so there that. you go. <laughs> but look at that. Do you see how Kelly's doing? That's fantastic, Kelly. So you get the foot into dorsiflexion and then you drive back and forth. Oh, interesting. You get the ankle to move through all three planes. So you want it to, you, it's good to get dorsiflexion, but you need. You need the other planes of motion in there. So you've got to get the foot to dive into pronation and supination to get the ankle to really move. Yeah, that's terrific. Um, Kelly, do you use balls? Yeah. I use balls to start sometimes when I do footwork. Yeah, Yeah, balls are good. I actually have a slant ankle board, you know, one of those slant boards for the ankles. Yeah. And I get people to move through the different planes of motion on the slant board. Ankles are so critical. Yeah, that's, that's great. And Doris, is there anything, what's your favorite hip exercise? Um, you know, I used to love uh, pigeon, but to be honest with you, that's a really aggressive pose mm. that I, a lot of instructors should not be doing because um, mm. people are just not designed, the body isn't designed for that. So I would say my favorite, especially because of pandemic, is waterfall. So waterfall, as a runner, I've always drained my legs. After 10, 20 miles, I would lay against the bed, you know, eat some food, have my legs up in the air. But I love coming into a bridge position, placing a yoga block underneath, and depending on how I feel, whether it's uh, medium or tall, and then taking my legs straight up. And for three minutes, I just breathe. And I feel, I just feel that blood come down. The heart doesn't have to work so hard. It works. It's been working since the day we were conceived. Give it a little break. My face gets tingly. I feel a little buzzed. I slowly bring it down. I go into uh, Savasana. It's beautiful. And that has been um, proven that that really helps people deregulate and helps them sleep. So a lot of times I'll do that movement and Savasana, I'm hearing snores the whole time, especially when I was teaching virtually. Oh, that's, that's great. That's great. Um, and how does flexibility training affect our range of motion? Gail, do you see that? And I'm going to come back to the athletes. I think that's pretty interesting. Do you see the flexibility training affecting their range of motion, which of course will then in turn. Absolutely. Speed, agility. Yeah. Speed, agility, burst. 
right off the starting lines. Um, speed, agility, functionality, balance. It's all one ball of all comes together at one, especially speed and agility. Like um, Kelly said and Dara said, ankles are huge. You know, if you're coming off, I'm going to get in this position on bare feet. You're coming off the line, you're a receiver, you're here. You better have flexible ankles to push off. That's why when it comes to toes and they get um, cramped up toes, we call it gout in their toes or uh, turf, turf feet. They can't get off because the toes can't bend anymore. I don't know if you guys can see that. So my toes are flexed. So their feet are here. So it doesn't allow them to exhale off of that starting line, especially with a runner. Kelly talked about hip flexors. They hear they got to explode out. So flexibility comes in a lot for, for those movements. Hope that Absolutely. helps everybody. And we got we have a great question here. How about hips for activators in a chair class? Now, I can't believe I'm going to do this. My dog is here. I'm going to have to move. What was the question? Chair, hips. And I'm wearing my little skirt. It is a skirt. <laughs> this is you just sit here in your act in your activating chair yoga teach chair yoga and you do a cat and you do a cow and just a cat and a cow so it's really a modified pigeon but you add movement to it a lot of times with my activators i can't hold a stretch statically I have to kind of do it rhythmically because it makes it easier. I got the equipment. And a dog is essential when you do this exercise. I Another thing you can do for your hips is I also, I can't believe Buster move over. I'll do, I'll do like a warrior two and I'm in right. my chair and my buttocks is on the chair, but I will hold on usually to the base of the chair. I will lift my leg up. I will take my hand all the way, Buster, no. Sit, sit. Good boy, good boy. Okay. Got, she's got issues with busting this much this evening. And I pull back, and I've actually got a wonderful quad stretch and a wonderful hip flexor stretch. And it's a great way to get into it. And if they can't hold on to the knee, they can grab onto the bottom of their tights. They can grab onto their shoe. They can grab onto their pants. And then they can just pull the foot up. And it's really, those are two nice stretches. Well, yeah. the other stretch you're doing, have a couple because more. I was going to show you that one I do is I sit, make sure the chair doesn't have a hangle. I'll put my right leg on here, get my left glute, and I'll slide all the way back. Mm -hmm. and hang on. So I'd hold on and drop and slide so you get that hip flex. You can bring them back in with the towel and drive it back again and just hang on to the chair. You can get the hip and then you can bend it. And then you can also tuck the knee on the knee to get a nice IT band stretch into the psoas as well. And you can release it, bring it back in again. So I like using the towel because it helps them to go back and forth. If you have a towel or a glider or something there. That's great. Yeah, those are good. And yes, I love my dog too. I can't believe the dog. <laughs> and he's always, during the yoga class, the, my students love him. If he doesn't come in during Shavasana and basically sit on top of me or put his... They, they miss him. Um, so when, uh, Doris, when and for how long should I be engaging in flexibility training? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, there's a standard answer that you should do flexibility training, um, you know, two to three times a week. I say do it any chance you get. So if you're in the grocery store, like do a little lateral flexion, you know, even 
with indoor, indoor cycling with Schwinn, our recoveries, we're constantly stretching even though our legs are pedaling. Um, just try to get it in as much as you can. But obviously it's based on what, what are your goals? Are you an athlete? What are you working towards? Um, but, you know, generally three times a week would be the minimum. But you always want to do a proper warm-up and a proper cool-down. And I think the best thing to do is I think people are intimidated by stretching and they think it's not sexy. And I think it's our jobs to to uh, trick them. I mean, bring them into uh, the environment and feel the benefits. And then I think we can turn them onto it where we won't have to remind them. They'll be in our classes and, and they will be speaking the truth of stretching. And Kelly, before we turn the camera on again, we were chatting and I was wondering, when do we stretch? I mean, you know, I want to stretch Monday and Friday and how do I feel in between? Because those are my two yoga classes. But is it like strength training? Then you got to guzzle that protein shake within the first 30 minutes or you're not going to get the benefits of the muscle, you know, of the, the hypertrophying of the mus musculature. So is there timing involved with our flexibility? Um, it depends on what type of stretching you're doing. If you're going to be doing static stretching, it's not ideal for warming up so you don't want to do strength training after static stretching studies have shown that it depotentiates slows down nerve impulses and potentially makes you weaker so but dynamic stretching you know i do a lot of stretching with my clients i really do i'm i'm i start them with dynamic stretching i stretch in my classes i do a format where i do a dynamic stretch to warm up. Then I do a strength set, a, a dynamic stretch set, a strength set, a dynamic stretch set, another strength set. And then I finish with core and then static stretching. So I really do a lot of stretching with my clients and in my classes. And I've got one client who I spend half the session in an hour, 30 minutes of it is spent stretching. I do a 10-minute dynamic stretch warm-up and a 20-minute yoga-based static stretch at the end. That's great. That's yeah. wonderful. Um, we're getting close to an end. I'm not ready to end yet. Um, but I did want to share this with you guys. I'm very excited. Kelly is our SCW faculty member. She works with our personal training certification. And she also does our active aging certification. So we're really excited about that. We have Gail and Doris and Kelly that are all gonna be at our upcoming conventions. So I'm kind of excited about this. See all of you, I'm gonna ask Gail, give us some closing wonderful things of, of words of flexibility, please. Do it every day. I'm, I have yeah, do it every day. I have no cartilage in my right knee and they want to do a knee replacement on me and I stretch every day and I'm holding myself back for like, I've been four years now. So flexibility helps a lot. Just do it every day. Even if it's five minutes, find a muscle part that you're feeling sore with, whether it's your ankles that Doris and Kelly just mentioned, ball your feet, just to acclimate everything for your day to day. Do it every day. Trust me. I'm a walking person to explain that to you just do it it just helps even if it's five minutes in the morning sitting at your I, desk do your feet do something I, I love that I love that every day Dora every day do something it doesn't be, it doesn't have to be an hour five minutes that's it I think the benefits of stretching we know are you know we know the obvious benefits yeah. psychological component that 
that is becoming a reality with the world changing. And it is our job to make it uh, inviting, inclusive, and fun and unintimidating. Music. <laughs> Love that. And Kelly? Um, I, I, I'm with Gail every day. Um, even things like foam rolling, self-myofascial release every day. You know, I start my day with some foam rolling. I use my roller and um, work on my back and, and my upper back for mobility. And I just think you can't get enough of it. it yeah. it's, uh, it's so beneficial. You've got to keep doing it. Absolutely. Keep doing it. Um, we got a great question from somebody. They said, uh, Sarah, are we going to have a virtual option because somebody's in Canada and they're not going to be going over the border? Yes. We're going to be recording five sessions throughout Mania, so we'll have 80 recordings you can watch from all our top rooms, including our mind-body room, uh, functional training room, bar room, active aging room, and our personal training room. And then tell them to scrunch their feet up in their shoes like they're picking up a Kleenex off the floor. Robin, good idea for strengthening your toes because your toes do help us balance and increase our mobility. I gotta thank you all. Carter, I thank you so much for helping to run this webinar. This was great. Thank you for joining me tonight. We had 200 register. We had 67 show up, yay. And uh, it's crazy how many watch recordings. So we're gonna keep bringing these to you. I'll see you guys next week. Take care.